Welcome. I'm Richard Prosh, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are occasional bonus downloads where my co-host, Paul Bishop, or I get to hang out around the virtual Six Gun Justice campfire and spend some time talking with other friends and writers who also love the Western genre. With me for this edition is writer, audio dramatist, and independent filmmaker, Daryl McCullough. Daryl is regarded as one of the foremost experts on Johnston McCulley's Zorro. For over a decade, he's been the driving force behind Zorro's return to the world of full-cast audio drama and audiobooks. He has written several original Zorro adventures, worked with multiple audio publishers, radio theater groups, and some of Hollywood's finest talent. Howdy, Daryl. Hello, Rich. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm excited to talk about Zorro today. Yeah, me too. It's been a while, so I look forward to our conversation. Let's go back a few years to start with. How did you first discover Zorro? And, you know, was it love at first sight? Uh, yes, actually. Zorro, for me, started out uh, as a little kid. I was probably five or six years old. Uh, I used to sneak upstairs uh, on Saturday mornings and turn on the TV and watch. Uh, actually, it started out with uh, the Lone Ranger and Hopalong Cassidy, and then he was Hopalong was replaced by Walt Disney's Zorro. And uh, it took about two minutes. I think it may have been the theme song that hooked me at first, uh, but I was immediately hooked to the legend of Zorro. That theme song is really uh, catchy and and sticks in all of our memories. I think. So did you then move on to the movies or how did that, how did that evolution happen? It was more uh, Disney Zorro for several years because that was what was available. I was probably about 12 years old, I would say, when I was introduced to Tyrone Powers, uh, The Mark of Zorro. That film uh, was uh, my first introduction to the film genre and uh, it too was captivating for me. Powers' uh, portrayal of the masked hero was uh, that serious side, really, really gripping, really drew me in. Out of all the, the you know, there have been so many actors over the last hundred years who have portrayed the character. Um, who would you say was your favorite? My my favorite, obviously, is my first love of Zorro Guy Williams. But I do have an appreciation and love of many other actors who have played Zorro. Everyone has brought something unique uh, to their interpretation to the role. So I, I have a, I have my favorite guy, but I also have a love for the others as well. That's a good point. They all do bring something different, don't they? There's athleticism with some of them. Douglas Fairbanks, uh, by far uh, a man who, uh, slight of stature, five foot nine, uh, thinly built, uh, perhaps the most athletic of any of the, of the actress to play the role. Yeah. He, he could, you know, swinging off of buildings, jumping over tables backwards. Uh, just amazing. His, his athleticism. Yeah. And the charisma that some of them bring. And, and even if the, even if the plot or the, you know, the script writing isn't quite up to par, some of the actors have just pulled it off and, and made it work. What do you think? Have they done right by the character? Um, yeah, I, I think Zorro has changed over the years. I think for the better, Obviously, Johnston McCulley introduced the character uh, in 1919 in the publication All Story Weekly. Uh, his original character was a very strong, Zorro was a strong character. He was very much a vigilante. He could be brutal at times. His portrayal of Diego was foppish, very unmanly, you might say. Um, and then 
when power played the role, he was a perfect reflection of what uh, McCulley had created in his written word. And then when Guy Williams comes on the scene, Disney and his staff changed the character, made him more lovable, made him more charismatic, and gave him an appeal that masses of large audiences, the masses, could um, could really appreciate. And that's when his pop- popularity really boomed. And so he kind of became the the picture of what people would want to see as Zorro. And, and many of your productions since then have incorporated uh, much of what Disney established during that series. There was so much, uh, there was licensing then too with that series that we hadn't really seen before. So we had lunchboxes and tie-in novels and things like that with the Disney show that kind of established in our heads what, what Zorro was. Yes, that the the marketing machine that was Disney was was phenomenal. Millions of copies of the theme song that were sold, and as you mentioned, lunch boxes, books, whips, uh, toys of every sort. The franchise that, that they had in just the marketing realm was astounding, and and, and continues even into this day. Um, there are just so many different products that they made that people are still discovering that they had forgotten about. Are you a Zorro collector? Actually, for my all the love of Zorro that I have, I'm not really a collector. Um, I know a couple people who are, and when I've been able to take a look at their collection, I'm just astounded <laughs> at, at the amount of Zorro uh, memorabilia that has been produced in the last hundred years. It's just there's thousands, literally thousands upon thousands of different items statues, swords, books, costumes. Uh, the list is just, it's unfathomable. Now, speaking of Zorro tie-in projects and, and different endeavors, since 2007, you've been involved in more than a dozen Zorro projects, including a series of original award-winning full-cast audio dramas. And now that's that's a little bit different than audio books, right? Uh, it is, yes. Yeah, your standard audio book is generally uh, one reader who reads the story to you, whereas an audio drama is a full cast of characters. Every character has an actor that plays the role. You have sound effects, you have music. Um, it's it's kind of a, a movie for your mind without a picture. Your your mind's eye creates the picture. It's fantastic. How did those productions come about? Must have been about March, I believe, of 2007. Um, I contacted Zorro Productions Incorporated. Uh, they own the rights to the character of Zorro. And I inquired to see, um, I had been told that they owned the character at that time. So I inquired to see what their, their legal status was. And they filled me in and then asked me what I had in mind. And I explained that I would like to pursue creating a Zorro radio drama. And then after a few days, we had a meeting, discussed how we would go about doing that. And then I was allowed to write the first story that I did, and uh, everything kind of fell into place from there. And how many of those have you produced? Let's see. The Legend of Zorro, which is currently out through uh, American Radio Theater, is a a four-episode play. So there was four of those, almost five hours of audio there. Uh, I've done two that I've written and and helped on with uh, All Ears Theater back in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I think all total, I've written about seven or eight uh, Zorro stories. And then I've worked on developing and producing uh, a handful of other ones. And some of these are with some pretty high name actors. I know Val Kilmer as Zorro was in one of them. 
Yes, the Mark of Zorro in 2011. Um, that is, uh, I would say, the finest production of the Zorro series. And that was overseen by Yuri Rozovsky, uh, one of the greatest audio dramatists of the, dramatists of the modern era, multi-award winner. He was just a, a phenomenal producer of audio. So uh, we had the opportunity to sit down and put that together. And then we casted Val Kilmer in the lead role. Val was just a... Uh, an amazing, amazing voice actor. Uh, he even surprised us. We knew his talent uh, from Tombstone as Doc Holliday and as Batman, but um, to come into the the recording studio uh, and, and perform at that level was was exceptional. That must have been really exciting. Are are you there present for some of these productions, or how does how does that actually work? Sometimes, sometimes I will come in and and be in studio. Uh, sometimes I'll be online and I'll be patched in. In studio is always the most fun because the actors, uh, it's never what you expect. You always come in and you think it's going to be serious. We're going to be hard at work. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's very serious. And uh, when it's time to work, it's time to work. And the actors are serious and do their job. Um, But in between takes, it can be almost like a comedy show. It, it can be highly entertaining. Now, some of these uh, shows have also been nominated for, or won some awards, right? Um, the Mark of Zorro was nominated for a Grammy Award, uh, and it was nominated for two Audi Awards. And I believe it was selected, I can't remember which magazine now, uh, as the second best audio of the modern era. So basically from 1960 or maybe it's 1970 forward. One one publication selected is behind the Star Wars audio dramas. Wow! Uh, as the best that has been made in this modern era. So that was that was a nice uh, recognition. Oh yeah. Now another project you've been involved in has revolved around Zorro's centennial year. You had a hand along with co-editor Audrey Parente with a book. Zorro, The Daring Escapades by Bold Venture Press. And how did you get involved with that? Um, that was uh, that was just kind of a happenstance situation. They had been posting some information on one of the Facebook Zorro groups. And I just happened to make a comment. And they had no idea that I had involvement in Zorro. And so we had a conversation and discussed uh, my history and and background with Zorro. And then uh, they asked me if I would be willing to lend a little assistance in their project. And before you knew it, I was writing a story and helping them with some editing and and, and contacting a few authors for them. You've read Zorro and you've seen the movies and the TV show and and you're so familiar with the character. So in a situation like this where you sit down and it's time to write a new Zorro story. How do you how do you get the ideas? Where do the ideas come from for a new Zorro story? What's what's your take on Zorro? My approach is probably a little different than most people. My first inclination is to write an adventure that's going to be fun and exciting. Uh, so I, I I look for instances where I can put Zorro in situations where if you read it or you hear it, um, you are going to say you're going to be kind of on the edge of your seat. And, and, and so that's where I usually start from. Um, and then I try to figure out who my adversary is going to be and, and kind of develop my plot from there. So I kind of, I probably go in reverse from most authors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So there's some great fiction and nonfiction contributions in the book. Um, you know, some of the names just 
jumped out at me like Dick Lupoff, uh, Will Murray, Francisco Silver, others, and also Phil Ladder, who I guess might be the world's foremost authority on Zorro. Um, but uh, <laughs> Phil is uh, Phil is a, an exceptionally uh, knowledge Zorro knowledgeable Zorro fan. Phil is probably. Uh, I mean, he's up there with with uh, several people as, as a knowledgeable Zorro person, uh, but he is by far the foremost Zorro collector. That man has every. If it's made, he has it. If he doesn't have it, he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> now you have lectured and offered presentations around the country on Zorro. Is, is that right? And that is correct. Yes, yes, I've uh, spoken at a. Uh, a number of Western conventions and nostalgia conventions on the history of Zorro or uh, on the topic of the greatest Zorros of the history of Zorro. So what are, what are your presentations like for somebody who sees that you're going to be at a con or something and says, Oh, I think I'll go check that out. What, what would we expect? Mostly it is um, just a discussion of uh, the history of Zorro, where Macaulay started where it's led to over the last hundred years, how it's changed, how the character affects the population, how the different actors who have played Zorro, their impact on audiences, their impact on the genre. Um, sometimes I highlight a variety of, of, of the actors, major and minor, and sometimes I focus just on the, the, the major actors who've had an impact, the Douglas Fairbanks, Tyrone Power, Guy Williams, Duncan Regeer, Antonio Panderas, that kind of thing. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I always try to include, you know, slides, clips, trailers from, from the variety of series of, of movies and TV shows. Do you think Zorro will continue with in popularity? Do you, is there something something there that speaks to us that's sort of timeless? Yeah, I think Zorro is timeless. I think it's, you know, a lot of times people want to put Zorro in the Western genre, and it kind of is, but it's more the end of the romantic swashbuckling era. And there's something about that romantic swashbuckling era that just has an appeal that, 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 that bridges every generation. And I think if there's another production, and I believe there is something in the works um, that may bring Zorro back to the public in that fashion, that, that classic era of swashbuckling, high adventure, romance. Uh, it, it, it just has such a strong appeal. Um, there's just something timeless about the character, about that. It's, it's any kind of period piece like that that offers adventure, uh, I think, you know, draws, draws people's attention. Indiana Jones comes to mind. You know, you get back into that, that 1940s area where we just as a, as a population, we're just tuned into that. The, the character that isn't, isn't going to stop until, you know, things, the wrongs have been righted and, and justice prevails. And when, when we have the right actor, that, yes. that's just great. That, 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 that means a huge, uh, that, that's just gigantic in any, any production. You got to have the right actor. And I think the character, obviously, you know, any, we're drawn, I think, as a society to that larger than life hero. And whether it's Zorro or John Wayne or Clint Eastwood or Sam Elliott or the Three Musketeers or Indiana Jones, we, we're drawn to that hero that, that fights for, for justice and, well, the good guy wins. And so I think, you know, with Zorro, there's just going to be, uh, when another production comes out, there's going to be that draw that, that the public's going to come back to, to that heroic figure. Daryl, before we wrap up, I'd like to direct our listeners to your online platforms, including your Pinterest page, Zorro's Lair, 
and your Facebook page, but where else can we find you online? You will find me in uh, the Zorro 100 year anniversary Facebook group, and you will find me in the From Out of the Night Hero Must Rise uh, Facebook group. Uh, that one's dedicated to the 1990 Zorro series that starred Duncan Regeer. All right. Thanks to Daryl McCullough for hanging out and chatting. And thanks to you for listening. Paul and I appreciate your support of our Six Gun Justice podcast and hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. As always, a hearty thank you to our sponsors, Wolfpack Publishing, author Chris Enns, and the Western Writers of America for making this podcast possible. Be sure to check our website, www.sixgunjustice.com, for links to previous podcast episodes, speed listens, and prior conversations, along with reviews, interviews, and articles from the Western genre. Till next time, keep the sun at your back and a good horse at hand. Let's ride.